Support public radio for the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. Give now at WJFFradio.org. Support comes from the Homestead School, Montessori Education, preschool through early college with campuses in Glens Bay and Hurleyville, building the intelligence, creativity, connection, and skills for an ecological future since 1978. Homesteadschool.com. From the River Reporter newspaper in Narrowsburg, New York. Riverreporter.com. And from listener donations at WJFFradio.org. From river to river, mountain to mountain, this is Radio Catskill. WJFF Jeffersonville, public radio for the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. On air, online, on your smartphone, and on your smart speaker. Radio Catskill. Live from NPR News, I'm Barbara Klein. The Senate is in session this Saturday to work on advancing a roughly $1 trillion infrastructure deal. NPR's Giles Snyder reports it's a bipartisan effort. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is optimistic about the bipartisan bill and a separate $3.5 trillion bill that Democrats hope to act on before the start of the August recess. It's an ambitious deadline. Absolutely. The bipartisan bill includes some $550 billion in new spending for traditional infrastructure projects like roads and bridges. Lawmakers in both parties are working to advance it, but Texas Republican John Cornyn predicted that it's going to be a grind. The bipartisan bill also includes funding for broadband and money to eliminate lead water pipes. It does not include funding for the climate change and social programs that Democrats aim to pass in the separate bill without Republican support. Giles Snyder, NPR News. Tenants behind on their rent face the end of the government's pandemic eviction moratorium at midnight. Millions could become homeless. In China, health authorities in the eastern city of Nanjing are urging residents not to leave. The BBC's Celia Hatton reports it's the nation's worst coronavirus outbreak there in months. More than 9 million people in Nanjing are being tested for COVID. Health workers there are trying to gauge how far the Delta variant of the virus has spread from the original cluster of airline workers who apparently became infected after cleaning a plane from Russia. 200 cases linked to that Nanjing outbreak have been found so far across China. On Saturday, 30 new locally transmitted infections were added to the total after cases traced back to Nanjing were discovered in Fujian province and the megacity of Chongqing in China's southwest. The BBC Celia Hatton. The churn of judges continues in the problem-plagued 9-11 terrorism case in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. As NPR's Sasha Pfeiffer reports, a new judge has been assigned to the case, the seventh person to oversee it. The new 9-11 judge is Army Colonel Lanny Acosta, Jr., but only temporarily. Acosta recently became chief judge of the entire military court and now says he'll oversee the 9-11 case until a permanent judge is named. He replaces another judge who oversaw the 9-11 case temporarily after the previous judge quit after two weeks on the job. Guantanamo defense attorney James Connell said this latest shuffling of staff will delay the case even more. The fact that there's no long-term judge in the case makes it difficult to resolve issues and move the case forward. There's still been no 9-11 trial. 
the 20th anniversary of the September 11th attacks is now little more than a month away. Sasha Pfeiffer, NPR News. This is NPR. Fire officials in Northern California estimate the massive Dixie Fire won't be contained for another two weeks. It's burned through an area larger than New York City and triggered thousands of evacuations. The drought and heat waves linked to climate change make large, destructive wildfires more likely. It's been a winning day for U.S. swimmers at the Tokyo Olympics. American star Katie Ledecky avenged two earlier losses to an Australian rival, and Callum Dressel set a world record. NPR's Tom Goldman has more from Tokyo. Katie Ledecky won the 800-meter freestyle at the past two Olympics, and she made it three in a row with a start-to-finish victory at the Tokyo Aquatic Center. Her winning time in the 16-lap race was nowhere near the world record she set at the 2016 Games, but it was more than a second faster than silver medalist Ariane Titmus of Australia, who'd up to now dominated their budding rivalry. Titmus beat Ledecky earlier at the Games in the 200- and 400-meter freestyle. Meanwhile, American Caleb Dress broke his own world record and set a new one in the men's 100-meter butterfly. He won the gold medal in a blazing 49.45 seconds. Tom Goldman, NPR News, Tokyo. Not so blazing for world number one tennis champion Novak Djokovic. He's leaving the Olympics without a medal. The 20-time Grand Slam winner pulled out of today's mixed doubles final with a shoulder uh, injury. I'm Barbara Klein, NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. It's Radio Catskill's Summer Fun Drive. Help us raise $40,000 by August 14th. Go to wjffradio.org right now and make your donation. If you can, give a gift of $10, $15, $20 a month or more. Sign up to become a sound supporter so that we can have your constant support. Or make a one-time donation of any amount. It really helps. wjffradio.org. Set it off with your host, Clyde Alvin Yates Third. Set it off. Saturday night at 7. Set it off. On Radio Catskill. When you hear that music on Radio Catskill, you know it's time for one thing, and that's Janice Adams and the Janice Adams Show. But today, in honor of our summer fun drive, we have a very special treat. We not only have that music, we also have Janice live on the phone. Janice Adams, how are you doing? I'm great. Hi, Jason. How are you? Doing good. Welcome to your show. (laughs) I love it. It's so rare that I get to be on live. This is kind of fun. Okay. 
Well, let's we'll try to keep it that way. <laughs> so, do you want to start off by explaining to the listener what we have in mind for? Well, I'm, I'll start off just by reminding people that it is our summer fun drive. Uh, and we are looking for your support. Support the Janice Adams Show, the station that brings it to you and all the great programs here by calling 845-482-4141. Give what you can now. Um, the sooner you, you contribute, the better, especially because there's people in the building to answer the phone right now. 845-482-4141. Give what you can. So now, Janice, uh, what what did you have in mind for the listener uh, um, and me, I guess, this uh, this fun drive show? Well, I just thought that this gave us an opportunity to just kind of talk about things, to talk about the headlines, to talk about what makes public broadcasting so special, especially NPR and WJFF so special, especially in this political climate. And our ability, I mean, my show would be, it is a delight for me. I get to, you know, reach out to to listen to other people worth listening to. But it exists because it's in the greater structure of what WJFF represents, of what NPR represents. And that is complexity, dimension, perspective in the midst of all this loud opinion, opinion, totally devoid of facts in too many cases. And so I wanted to celebrate that uh, with this live broadcast. And also it is a tie-in. This conversation that we're having is a way of kind of promoting what my pledge offer is for this drive, which is that for a pledge of $100, um, the our contributor will be able to join with three of their friends and me for just a private conversation just for us not for the air just for something that you might be able want to speak about so the two things are inextricably linked and the it's all about pledge and keeping wjff going and growing and strong you know, we, we and we talked about this idea briefly a couple of weeks ago, and we haven't explored it further, so let me throw some hypotheticals at you that the listener may be thinking of right now, just mm-hmm. in terms of that, uh, that $100 uh, incentive, that thank you gift, that premium for a $100 contribution, uh, Janice is offering uh, up to, uh, you're, you're offering an hour Zoom chat for, for a live, for a contribution, a live chat with, mm-hmm. with folks. Um, so now... Uh, so this could be because people might be most familiar with you on this program for talking about the news and the issues. And so they might want to chat about that. Uh, but they if they've been listening for a while, they also know that you have this entrepreneurial streak, like you're a writer. Um, you, you, you know a lot about uh, the, the new media and, and people self-starting and what they should look out for. So could people also chat to you about chat with you about that stuff? Absolutely. About, I mean, I think this is a wonderful time to talk about entrepreneurism. In fact, I've even coached other people entrepreneurially um, because, well, look at what we're going through. Look at the insecurities that we're experiencing, whether we're, quote, 
well-off or not, the insecurities that we are experiencing about what's next. But I think what entrepreneurism is about is ultimately creativity, belief in oneself and one idea, one's ideas, and listening to others to know what is needed in the marketplace. Mm, that's good. So entrepreneurism, I have all, I, I'm a, an author and historian. I'm a journalist, obviously. Um, well, maybe not so obviously. Yes, I've spent a, oh my goodness, more years than I can remember as a, as a, or than I can number, not that I can remember, but as a talk show host. Uh, but that really comes out of my work as a print and broadcast journalist. And I am celebrating my 50th year in journalism. I can't even believe it myself when I say it that loud, <laughs> out loud, but I am. Oh. I started right out of uh, school, um, graduate school, right. and I never left. Uh, so we can talk about that. In fact, I'm working on a memoir about that as we speak, and also, uh, as many people know, that my previous works have been all history-based. I've written a series of books, uh, history books for adults, and I've created a history-based series for young people. That's great, and and um, I don't know. As you're talking, I was thinking, like, because you're talking about like what entrepreneur you entrepreneurism is and it's also it seems like you know the i i don't know i i'm thinking well this this is part of what's interesting about what you've decided to do today that you want to talk about um the issues is because for a little peek behind the scenes this is also uh fairly efficient for us because um Whenever we're talking, you and I on on the phone about a given specific show, we always wind up talking about everything else anyway. So <laughs> now we're kind of cutting out the middleman. <laughs> exactly. We're just talking exactly. about exactly the pleasant way of saying it is, Jason, is that we have range. We have range, <laughs> right? And I was just about to go off the range with a big idea, but I think we should we should like probably stick to uh, some of the for the stories that you wanted to to make sure that we get to today. But so I'll just say again, uh, what Janice is talking about is just what she brings to the table with what she's bringing to the table. What she's bringing to the table is a generous offer for uh, you, listener, if you contribute a hundred dollars uh, now during this program, and she's offering uh, a, a Zoom chat to talk about whatever so 845-482-4141 if you want to pick that up for a one-time contribution 845-482-4141 you can also give online at wjffradio.org you can also give less than that if that's what you have to give you can give more than that if that's what you have to give so 845-482-4141 so what's what's sticking out to you on the news of the day in this climate as you say that we're living in well, I was thinking about, um, obviously, COVID, but I want to point to this concept of everybody's talking about COVID. We are going through COVID still, unbelievably still. We are in danger of continuing to go through COVID because of a, a lot of attitudes and misinformation that has been um Offered, but I was really struck by the way 
stories about COVID have been carried on NPR. Uh, and one is the story of Dr. Susan Moore. Um, and it focuses us deeper. Everybody is saying, and it's almost like, you know, you say COVID and then you automatically say, well, you know, um, but yes, it disproportionately affects black and brown people. And then the, whether said or unsaid, the next thought is, well, you know, that's because so many are living in poverty, which is true. That's because so many don't have health insurance. That's true, too. But when you think about the fact that Sonny Hostin, who is one of the co-hosts on the, I think now, 25-year running A View on ABC, she has not been on the show that long, but she is an, is an international figure and an, an attorney. Her husband is a major physician, um, surgeon. His parents were both doctors, and his parents both died this year of COVID. Mm. It, that is what we need to talk about. Instead of just the trigger responses, you know, yeah, disproportionately affected. And one of the stories that I pulled in NPR that illustrated that is that everybody did not cover it, but the death of Dr. Susan Moore. And what I've just mentioned about Sonny Huston and her family, I know in my extended family, people who, some people it's not important, but some who are also quite renowned, I lost 36 people, I mean, excuse me, I lost three people in 36 hours at the start of COVID. And the deeper conversation that has to be had is about the systemic racism in American, in the American medical system. And it was dramatically illustrated with the death of a doctor who was tweeting about her desperate condition, saying she was dying, saying she was being denied certain kinds of medication. The hospital didn't look the fact that they were, to be blunt about it, talking not only to an educated, well-educated black woman, but one who knew the science and the medicine as well or better than they did. And they denied her the care that she deserved, and everybody deserves proper care. So that was a story that only if you weren't just listening to headline news, you would have heard, and you definitely heard it on NPR. And and I did. I wanted to point that out, about the need for us to go behind the headlines, behind the noise, and get to the deeper stories that are really out there that tell us much than we normally think of about what's going on in our country and in our world. The I remember that story. I remember hearing it on NPR, and um, and it's horrible. And and so then the one of the thoughts that occurs is okay. Well, you know what? There there is a tangible, visceral example 
of the of the biases and the systemic racism that's involved in in America and in the healthcare and the biases against women in healthcare, which is also well documented that women aren't listened to. And so you think that's a that's a real tangible, visceral example that you can use to try to explain this to people that maybe aren't getting it. But then the next thought that follows from that is why do you need so many examples when when the evidence is there? Exactly. Why do you? Why do people not want to stop this? I mean, and not only, Jason, I love the way you put that, because it's not just why do you need so many examples of Medicare, but why are we all, like, sent to the land of Lilliput, where we can't get this big issue? We want to be in denial about this big issue of systemic racism that has polluted this society from its inception. We don't want to talk about that. So we act as though, when I say for those who don't know the land of Lilliput, um, one, of, one of the oldest stories is about everything being made instead of one big thing, a, a, a rock was crushed and all the pebbles then became the people reduced it were reduced in size and the pebbles became mountainous as well so here we are now do we really have to not only talk about it in okay well yeah okay so we we know there's a problem in schools but you don't know there's a problem in science and in medicine oh yeah we know there's a problem there but you know do you really not know there's a problem in hiring and the fact that white men earn $27,000 on average per year more than black people? Do you really need to know that? Well, yeah, we know. That's what I mean about us all being sent to the land of Lilliput, and that's why I like the fact that you've placed it, it firmly you know, in, in that camp. Why do we need to keep not knowing? Yeah, and and it's like you say the small thing. It's it. Why do we keep avoiding the big issue? And we and the the big issues are avoided by small uh, pseudo rational arguments, like uh, uh, half concocted things that are, are always deflections from the bigger picture. When there's actual evidence, of course. I mean, that's a whole other story. Is just the erosion of rational discourse so that there there isn't even a forum where you can bring up rational ideas i think that's gotten worse but you, you're talking about like the the you know there's like a death by a thousand cuts i keep thinking of uh the the it's not so much a parable as a saying of jesus where he said you the plank and the splinter the beam and the splinter, meaning you're you're so worried about the splinter in your neighbor's eye that you're neglecting the beam in your own eye. And and it's an admonishment against hypocrisy. But it's what I think of when I hear people bringing up very small out of the way arguments as a way to avoid the the real issue. And and there's a good third of the country, uh, or half of the country, is being fed on a, a nonstop supply of these little tiny outrages that somehow justify uh, inhuman and immoral uh, political stances. And they are also being fed that devoid of context. 
So those people who are, who are being fed that and who are being willing to believe that, I mean, it, it wasn't something that I was going to, you know, particularly thinking about leading with in terms of of our conversation here for Pledge, where um, we are in the middle of Pledge for WJFF, and I will just uh, quickly do the detour, and then Jason can pick it up to say, yes, we're here talking to you today uh, for the, the to keep WJFF going, to keep it growing, to keep it strong, and the number for you to contribute, to call to contribute, is 845-482-4141. Jason? Absolutely. Contribute now at 845-482-4141. You can hear uh, Janice Adams here on the Janice Adams Show uh, live, and we're taking a pretty deep dive into some concepts and issues, and we have to pause every once in a while to resurface to remind you that we're doing this. We're having this live chat as a way to ask you to support us. Call now, 845 845- Four eight two four one four one, and for a contribution of a hundred dollars or more, you can pick up uh, Janice's generous offer of an hour Zoom consultation or conversation, if you will. Eight four five four eight two four one four one. Pledge online at wjffradio.org. We, of course, this whole leg of the conversation started with a story, as you said, that you heard on NPR that I heard on NPR. Mm-hmm. The story of Dr. Susan Moore, uh, a physician who died of COVID in the hospital when she was actually being denied proper care by the hospital she was in. And it, it, she was not the anomaly. And for anybody who wants to go there, I'm going to say that she is not the anomaly. And most black people have had an, an experience related to what she experienced the denial of proper care, the denial of proper respect. Um, This business, if you go to city hospitals, New York City and other major cities, not just New York, but where where the hospitals are, are huge hospitals, sure, you'll see people in the waiting rooms, but look at the number of black older people that you see on gurneys, the charts on their chest, just laying there for hours. Okay? Um, And I have personal experiences from my own family, uh, one in which my mother's life was saved. I hadn't planned to speak about, but but it's come up and I'm going to say it. My, My mother was in the hospital um, with dementia, losing her ability to speak for herself. This is a brilliant woman who, for those people who know New York City um, and the co-op city, huge uh, complex that's in the northern Bronx. She was the original project director of the for the New York City public schools for the co-op city educational park, which is the nation's first educational park. And I mention that. Yes, to say this was not a woman who you would put into the category of being a um, technical difficulties. I just uh, lost Janice Adams. Sorry about that. Do hold on. 
Public radio moves you forward, and you can do the same in return. Help us move past this fund drive. Donate now at wjffradio.org. Become a sound supporter with a recurring gift of $10, $15, $20 or more a month. Or make a one-time contribution of any amount. Go to wjffradio.org. On this week's On the Media, new reporting on the FBI's role in breaking up the plot to kidnap Michigan's governor spotlights the earlier, more credulous coverage. It was a really big story and we were all frantic to cover it and we were receiving sort of direct into the vein what the federal prosecutors were telling us. On the next On the Media from WNYC. Hello. 845-482-4141 is the number to call. 845-482-4141. This is the Janice Adams Show. We had a temporary drop in the connection. But we've got Janice Adams back right now. And I think we're going to shift gears fairly quickly. But that's what happens during a fun drive, which this is, by the way, because we need you to fund the radio station that brings you the Janice Adams Show every week. Call now at 845 482-4141. Four eight two four one four one. Is this name good? To okay, and uh, we want to thank uh, Abdus Shahid Aziz. Thank you so much, Abdus Shahid, for ch- calling in and making your contribution. Eight four five four eight two four one four one. Janice, are you there? I am here and oh. looking forward. Who's the caller on the line? I heard we have a uh, Mr. Tom Bosket calling in. Tom, are you there? Hi. There you go. Now you guys are connected. Hi, Tom. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well, Janice. How about yourself? Good. Thanks so much for calling in today. What's on your mind? Well, I was listening to you all talk um, about many things, but um, you started with some issues around fact and evidence and truth and um, heading into the issue of the day and talking about health and then systemic racism and the effects of that on our health, uh, on many people's health. and then uh, questioning the story behind the story and whatnot. And you just got me thinking about the conversation we were having the other day in the street. Um, yes, we when we ran into we each other on. outside of in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, keep going. Sorry, I missed some of what you said. I was just saying, yes, the story, the conversation we were having in the street outside of your project, Engine. Engine. Yeah, the engine. Um, yeah, we were talking about the youth in our community and engine uh, salt, actually, Sullivan Allies Leading Together, um, which is uh, 54 social agencies and community members in Sullivan County um, working to support basic, basic good, basically being good neighbors. And I was just thinking about what you were talking about and thinking about, you know, things we're trying to do in regards to health. And you and I were speaking more, which I'll address in a minute, was um, there's a $1,000. I have it in front of me. Pardon? I have it in front of me that there is an extraordinary opportunity for young people. Exactly. We're doing a talent show uh, competition, basically a virtual talent competition for 13- to 18-year-olds. Um, aimed at preventing substance use by offering alternative recreational local activities 
Um, and so there's a $1,000 prize up for anybody who does a one- to three-minute video on any subject that they care about, meaning their passion, their hobby. Um, it can even be oratory. I mean, it could be somebody speaking their own story and putting it online. And uh, you win based on votes. So it's kind of nice. And Sullivan 180, which has um, started a program called Healthier Generations, which is in all the schools, is actually sponsoring the local prize of $500, which is pretty amazing um, to, for any extracurricular activity that a youth wants to partake in. And so, what I was going to say was some of our youth have started a film club um, and are, are going to have a film festival in the fall in Calicoon showing about uh, a group of their films. They've done about over 80 films over the last five or six years. And some of them are about racism in our community and, and in the United States. Uh, some of them are about joy uh, and about foster care and different concerns that they had. But what I wanted to touch on was when you spoke of fact and evidence and truth, we frequently talk about this with the kids because, and I wanted to ask you, just where do people find their truth? Um, and I want you to speak just personally, pretty much so, but... Um, I wonder if you'd be willing to do that a little bit with me today. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we left off at a, at a cliffhanger with me telling the story of my mother and um, and healthcare. And even though I would have normally thought about a different story, I think I'll, I'll do two things in one with finishing that story because it is about where we find our truth. Um, it. As I was saying, my, my mom was, at that point, you know, this brilliant woman who was declining into dementia. Mm -hmm. And I was asked to, she was living in an assisted living. I got a call. Would I meet her at the hospital? And I drove up from New York City to meet her in Ridgefield, Connecticut, go to the hospital in Danbury, Connecticut. And she and her aide were already there. Uh, they had come separately by, you know, by hospital transport, so it was really quite serious, and I had come by car from Manhattan. And I'm coming down the hallway, and I hear this voice just being ballistic, and you think we're going to give a transfusion to this? She's going to die anyway. And I just heard this man raging and raging, and I just kept going to the room that folks had pointed me to that my mother was in. And as I got to the door, I realized this noise and this obnoxious, um, obstreperousness was about my mother. And it was the doctor who was doing this. Mm -hmm. And the aide was like, had one hand on my mother, holding on to her for dear life. The other hand she had tightly clamped on the railing of this bed that my mother was in. This woman was just holding on, and she looked up at me and she said, Dr. Adams, you're here. And all of a sudden, everything in the room changed. The doctor got quiet. He started behaving like a normal human being. 
I had to leave the room for a moment to collect myself. Mm-hmm. Now, anybody who knows me knows, in fact, I'm the kind of doctor who can't even give you an aspirin. Mm-hmm. They didn't know that. Mm-hmm. My truth came about from, number one, learning that a word like that could matter so much that skip to the end of the story, yes, Dr. Adams went to the desk, relieved him of all responsibility for him, for my mother, told everybody else that if they, if they, you know, went against my order, I prescribed nothing, I gave no medical orders, but I gave life and death orders, that they too would be on the list of people that I reported to the hospital administration, and thank God I had a Goodness, I had a friend in the area who called the hospital administration on my behalf while I was going through this and sent help with the change of shift and rescue. That truth is in what if my mother wasn't who she'd been and therefore her stature being able to raise me as her daughter. Mm-hmm. What if I hadn't, at that point, the only reason that the woman said, Dr. Adams, you're here, is because I'd been awarded an honorary and I, my mother wasn't able to be with me. So I brought my robes back to allow her to participate in something she would have loved to have participated in. The aide happened to be at her side at that point. What if that had not happened? Mm -hmm. And the most important thing is, why should it matter? Mm -hmm. So my takeaway from all of all of that. My truth has been to understand. That's why I put this story about Dr. Susan Moore at the top of the list of things that I wanted to talk about today, because it is at the top of the list of what we are going through as a society, and we're not really talking about why black and brown people are disproportionately affected. And I know some people will say, but, you know, black and brown people work at the hospitals. In fact, they have died disproportionately at the hospital, as workers in the hospitals. But have we asked why is that? And let's be honest, those black and brown people who've been working in the hospitals and dying in the hospitals are not heads of departments. They are the people who are most vulnerable because they are closest to the patients, Mm -hmm. not all black and brown are the people who are closest, but they're the closest to the patients, and they were the ones who did not have sufficient PPE. They're the ones who were not being treated with respect as hospital workers and still are not. So my truth comes from that kind of personal experience, and I'm only thankful that I have the voice and the platform and you to ask the question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, number one, it breaks my heart to hear what you had to go through with your mom. Thank you. 
And um, but other people are going through it every day, and mm-hmm. we're not talking mm-hmm. about it. We're and not just for the radio, talking I am about, white, and people um, don't know that. Maybe a tradition um, of experimentation on black people, mm-hmm. and a tradition of neglect and mm-hmm. disrespect. And I mean, one of the questions you asked was, <clears throat> "Why don't people want to stop this, or why do we keep avoiding?" And I don't know, I was raised by a dad who was racist, um, overtly, uh, did things that were vocal, and we had lots of conversations over the years that um, uh, just questioned why, you know, like, what, what, why do we have these thoughts, uh, why was he raised with these thoughts, and not a lot of actual experience with people of color um, at all in his life. It was all just ideas. Um, not actual experience, and and when I asked him about his experiences, he couldn't really say anything. Um, you know, he had no evidence for his belief. His belief was just his belief, and I I I guess I I, I most people don't want to look at the story behind the story or the why their belief exists. Um, we're taught, I guess, within certain um, avenues to follow what we're told and to respect, you know, either tradition or whatever comes down to you. Um, So I think it's hard for some people to differentiate what what is knowledge you're supposed to hold and what is knowledge you're supposed to question. Mm -hmm. Um, And and with my dad, we had enough time because he cared about me before he passed away. We had enough time to talk about some of these issues and just come to maybe not... um, a resolution of any kind between us, but uh, but an understanding of some of the differences and some of the beliefs. And I know that he was questioning some of the stuff he believed in the end. He, he, he wasn't quite sure. And he said a sentence to me which sticks out was he said, you had the imagination to make sense of life. Mm. Well, he uh, gave you that gift. Yeah, and I just, I guess... I'm a little bit of of, uh, hopeful. I'm a glass half full kind of guy. And I frequently hope that uh, or believe that our world will find balance. It may take a long time. But I believe that people are inherently kind uh, and loving at the center. And that's what I think all religion espouses, uh, not judgment um, and not unkindness or disrespect. Uh, So... I hope that people will continue to question and wonder about what they believe and move in the direction of a pure uh, heart, uh, a pure love, and I, I think that will keep us going in the right direction. Although we have, in the moment, uh, how do you deal with violences and, and pain and, and um, cruelty uh, in the moment? And I think sometimes you need a, a revolutionary-like response that -hmm. protects the people you're on the earth to protect and love. Um, Tom, thanks so much. Um, Yeah, I don't mean to interrupt our whole call. No, no, no. This is the kind of conversation that I would love to have with others off mic as well with a contribution of $100 to WJFF for during this fundraising pledge. Um, well, let's do this. Let's say it's 200 because I'll chip in 100 Wow. 
All right, there you go. So I think that's this is this is like a challenge premium. So it means if somebody makes a contribution right now of hundred dollars and takes um, this this gift of a, a one hour conversation on Zoom with Janice Adams, then Tom Boskett will kick in his hundred dollars to Radio Catskill as well. Eight four five. Four eight two four one four one. Here's your chance to take us up. Uh, if you were thinking of taking Janice up on her offer, um, and so if somebody takes this, uh, that's what Tom will do. Eight four five four eight two four one four one. Janice, I should say, yes. if if someone else should happen to take this, because uh, again, we thanked uh, Abdus Shahid Aziz, uh, and he uh, took this premium, so he'll be doing that consultation already, but now we're looking for the next person to take this so that Tom can give his generous donation as well. 845-482-4141. Also, Janice, I don't know if you're open to it, but I teach drawing for 25 years, so if anybody wants an hour-long drawing session, that can be in there as well for your show. And for your, oh, your, that'd your be wonderful, strength. Tom! Thank you so much. Cool. And well, that's any amount of donation, we I don't are, care, folks. So let's just hone in on the gifts we give each other. <laughs> and you, um, you know, you you mentioned you you called in about Sullivan uh, one eighty, and I don't want salt. to salt is the other not people. People can go to saltcares.com to engage in the competition for the youth and to raise some money and support for our youth in the county. It's just saltcares.com. It's very easy to remember. Saltcares.com. And uh, winning young people a $1,000 prize is at stake. TikTok talent competition. And, you know, maybe we can get some of those young people on the show even the runners-up who have something to say about, obviously they do if, if they um, speak to this kind of competition, they'll have something to say about what is going on in their lives and how they see this moment in time. I think that would be wonderful. Tom, thank you so much for thank calling you for in me. and for your generous offer. With a pledge of $100 to WJFF, Tom is offering to match it and also offer a drawing lesson. And Tom has explained to me that everyone can draw. Now, <laughs> he didn't say everyone can draw as well as he can draw, but everyone can draw, and he has actually proven the point. So <laughs> Janice, I think we're gonna we're gonna uh, have we're gonna take a break here just so we can get Tom off the line and get reoriented. Um, so we'll, let's just take that break right now. This is Radio Catskill, uh, public radio for the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Janice Adams Show. And we will be right back. I'm feeling great. The birds are in the trees. They're singing me a melody. La 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 la, fuck the police. My head is on straight. My heart is in peace. My soul is incredibly ready to change his story. It's a cool. 
Looking for your support, 845-482-4141. Call now. Give what you can. We're looking for somebody to make a $100 contribution to take a generous uh, consultation, conversation, chat. Just a simple chat with Janice Adams on Zoom. She'll do that for an hour with you if you contribute $100 to WJFF. And then Tom Boskett, who is just our guest, he'll kick in another $100. Take this up on this offer because it's only good for a little bit longer. 845 845- Four eight two four one four one. Janice, you hear this? It's a good day to fight the system. Oh, it's it's always a good day to fight the system. Do you, do you, let me tell Until you until the system is fixed. There you go. It's a good day to fix the system too. Uh, <laughs> and and um, uh, so that was Shungun. I might be saying it wrong, but Shungunzo, a Zimbabwean American, get this, philanthropist, singer, songwriter, record producer, gymnast journalist, and reality television personality. I love it. This is from a person who never sleeps, (laughs) (laughs) but very focused. So I heard that uh, last week on um, Afropop, which we play every week at Mm 9 o'clock, and uh, the theme of that Afropop was who who are the women warriors, the women warriors of Afropop around the world. And, um, you know, and uh, they had a lot of uh, Angelique Kidjo, who actually uh, did a song with Shungunzo that maybe we'll go out on. Um, But that it was like every song I heard, I said, oh, this would be great for Janice's show. So I just wanted to work that in in the break. I'm so glad you played it because I had not heard it. It's new. Um, This is from her new album. That's the other part. I just want to tell you this, her album that this song is from. You're going to love this. It's called, I'm not a mother, but I have children. That's it. And in fact, you know, I was saying with the, with the, conversation with the different topics that I was thinking about are are talking about in this hour, that the bottom line is, have we all forgotten what mistress taught us? Won't you be my neighbor? So I love that. That's perfect. Mr. Rogers, I'm not a mother, but I have children. In fact, we, we all do. We all do. Um, and even our children, the decisions they make, they have to understand that our children today are the elders of tomorrow. They are, you know, they are the decision makers and the torch bearers for that next generation and what other people will, will how other people will live based on the decisions they make. Um, you know, we, in this, list of of things also off topic but on topic i was listening before we went live about this infrastructure bill um and of course this infrastructure bill is so important but to the theme of let's look at complexity let's look at dimension let's give this perspective the truth of the matter is that the infrastructure bill is important, and I don't want to give anybody 
with false equivalencies in mind, the wrong excuse not to support it. But I do ask, what does this infrastructure bill mean to black and brown people if the voting rights bill is not passed, if the George Floyd policing bill is not passed? Because previous to the civil rights era, the New Deal of FDR excluded most poor people from its benefits and definitely excluded. There was a deliberate bipartisan, and at that point it was like a north-south bipartisanship. There was a deliberate carve-out of the jobs that were mostly held by black people. And that was the throwing of black people under the bus to get the bipartisan north-south split of southern Dixiecrats. Yeah, that, the Dixiecrats. I was just going to say it. FDR needed their support for him to do what he was going to do, and that's what he did. Exactly. And the question is, is that what we're looking at again? And if we are, then the Black Caucus, the Congressional Black Caucus, the Congressional Latinx Caucus should all block this bill because it will do the people they represent no good if the voting rights bill is not passed. In other words, if people who are black and brown cannot speak to what to the policies in the society to which we pay taxes. Absolutely. Then why should we support it? If the society in which we pay taxes and live and con- to which we contribute will not support our voting rights, we will be back to having black people expelled from Congress, which is a reality that happened at the end of the 19th century. That's why the civil rights movement has to take place. It's to counteract that. It is to try to elect people. This kind of energy that we have, the kind of energy that led to January 6th with its racist undertow, And if you didn't believe it, then before, you know it now, those people who heard the four police officers refer to the behavior, not only the violence, but the verbal violence committed by those January 6th terrorists, that's the terrible position that we're in right now. So this infrastructure bill could be a good thing, but if the throwing under the bus is what it was before for the New Deal, it is the coffin nail for our society. Listening to the Janice Adams Show, we have Janice live on the phone with us right now, and we're talking about the issues today, having the conversations that you're not hearing uh, anywhere else. And we are also looking for your support here at the end of the Janice Adams Show. Call now, 
842-4141 and give what you can for our summer fun drive. That's 845-482-4141. We only have about four more minutes where there's somebody else here to answer the phone, then it's on me. So uh, if you can call in the next four minutes, that would be good. 845-482-4141. In these closing minutes, I want to just refer to a couple of shows. People can go to the archive and the easy way to get to the WJFF archive, by the way, which is a wonderful um, resource for all the shows on WJFF. But um, I want to mention a couple of shows that I've recently had the privilege of of airing from my show. Um, On the show, because WJFF exists and because of your previous contributions, we've had the number one New York Times bestseller, Clint Smith, uh, who talked about his book, How the Word is Passed, A Reckoning with the History of Slavery in America. We also had phenomenal filmmaker, the filmmaker who last year was with us because she is the filmmaker behind John Lewis' Good Trouble. And she was back with her film, Rise Again, Tulsa and the Red Summer, which spoke to the outbreak of terrorism, of white mobs against black people in cities all across the country uh, in the red summer of 1919 that then led up to the um, Tulsa riots that we have commemorated the centennial of now. But Don is also the filmmaker behind a new film about Obama um, White House, Obama-era White House photographer Pete D'Souza and It is just a joyous film to see his take on an administration that he admired. And in it is one of my favorite photos ever, which is, I mean, one of Pete's photos is one of my favorite photos ever. And it is the hands of President and Mrs. Obama on a railing of a ship. And her finger is just lightly touching his hand, and you see the bond and the love between those people and their extraordinary commitment to each other to get through what they did go through um, during the Obama era. And so I'm going to just kind of close out with with that uh, memory because, thank goodness, thanks to WJFF as my broadcast home, And to you as listeners, contributors, I got to really spend time on those stories this year. So, Jason, thank you. All right. Well, thank thank you, Janice, and thank you for joining us. And boy, an hour goes by fast. you got so many interesting things to talk about. I'll just remind people one more time, they can give us a call to support us and should support us and support Janice Adams here on Radio Catskill at 845-482-4141. Thank you again uh, to uh, Mr. Aziz and uh, for checking in. And um, uh, Janice, you, you may have to uh, give another premium here because it looks like uh, there's a phone call in progress. So we'll find out about that as it goes. Janice, uh, one of the subhead headlines of this fun drive is it's not just a summer fun drive it's our summer of love fun drive and that comes mm. from people saying um so often that they love 
Radio Catskill. Like that's the number mm-hmm. one thing when we take and and when the question was put to me, what what do we want to ask people or what 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 reasons do we want to give people to call this this time on the fun drive? I said I said they love us. Like just you know, people love us. So if you're feeling the love, share the love, show the love, and that's what we're saying here during our summer of love fun drive. And I just wanted to go out uh, with you and share um, a song from Angelique Kijo, also featuring Segunzo, who we heard on that other song. And this song's called uh, "Choose Love," and that's what we'll go out on. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Janice. And thanks to our guests. Uh, thanks to our listeners and contributors. <laughs> for joining us today. And our guest, Tom Boskett. Thank you.